What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, as always, Jack Vita. We are taping this American League East preview today on, this is actually Wednesday evening, March 3rd, 2021. So uh, (laughs) this is a time capsule pod, because by the time that you are hearing this, it will already have been at least a week since we taped this, but we're getting ahead on everything uh, and getting as many of these done as we can before March Madness because it's going to be a very busy next few weeks. Once again, welcome into the show. Last week, we previewed the National League West. This is our third part of the NLB preview series. So we've done the NL West, the AL West, and this is number three, American League East. I'm really excited to get into it today. We have an awesome guest joining us. Before I bring him in, though, I just want to say, if you guys are liking these previews and you are enjoying the college basketball content that we are providing, we are going to be podcasting on every single round of the NCAA tournament, including having a live stream, a live show with video on Selection Sunday. More information, TBD. Make sure you're following along on my Facebook and Twitter accounts. That's facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. At Jack Vita Show on Twitter and Instagram and youtube.com slash Jack Vita. It will be on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube Live. You won't want to miss out. So make sure you're following along for more information on when we get that going. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out on any of the awesome content that we have coming right up. And I don't want to waste any more time. Let's bring in our guest for the day. Let's uh, let's welcome back Jonathan J.J. Jaggard, who is a big-time Yankees fan and uh, previewed the AL East with us last year. How are you doing, J.J.? Oh, what's going on, Jack? I'm uh, I'm doing great. Very excited. Got to say, genius move to record it a little bit ahead of time because things are going to be absolutely crazy as soon as March Madness begins. So great move. I'm, uh, I'm doing really well. Very excited to be back. Uh, we did this last year, and I had a ton of fun with that. So I'm uh, looking forward to this and uh, getting back on with you. Your show has been crushing it, uh, especially over the past year or so. It's been it's great to, to come on to a more and more popular show every time. <laughs> well, we appreciate having you here. And well, let's just, to get people a feel, to make this even more of a time capsule, last night, Illinois clobbered Michigan in college basketball without Io DeSunmu. Uh, that, that should give you a feel for when, uh, what's going on right now at the time that you're listening to this, because that could change uh, if these teams meet again next week. Yeah. Also, last night Indiana lost to Michigan State, so they stink. Uh, we're pretty much not going to be in the tournament. That's pretty much yeah. sealed. Indiana <laughs> stinks. I'm sorry. It's been it's yeah. been uh, sad to see. Yeah. Now it now we're already looking forward to who our next coach is going to be. Maybe Brad Stevens. <laughs> maybe the Baylor guy. So we'll see. Cross our fingers, but we're out on Archie. <laughs> <laughs> the Baylor guy, Scott Drew. No, Scott Drew's not leaving Baylor to go to Indiana. But his brother, Bryce Drew, who coached at Valpo, he'd be a good pick. Yeah. Well, the the thing with uh, the Baylor coach, I always forget his name, Scott Drew. Yeah. He, he, they're, they're Indian guys. Uh, and so it's, you know, Baylor, it's a football school. Being in Texas, 
football state, come to Indiana, it's a basketball first culture. So, um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. No, it's not, it's not going to happen. He loves Baylor. <laughs> I know, I know Scott coached at Valpo, uh, and he loves Baylor. He's not leaving Baylor. Yeah, well, that's just one. I'll tell you that right now, JJ. Man's opinion, but <laughs> but hey, but I, I'm more well versed in the baseball world, so that's yeah. And hey, are. watch now. Indiana's going to win the conference tournament and go to the NCAA tournament. But people are listening to this. Yeah, that would be pretty incredible. So <laughs> I wouldn't be against that. And we just sound like total dummies talking about this. <laughs> yes, no, I'm I'm very okay with that happening. <laughs> but JJ, uh, another fun fact before we get into everything here. So JJ and I are on opposite coasts right now. JJ is in San Diego. He's joining me from San Diego, and I'm in Tampa right now. Yep. Yeah, so I actually just drove from San Diego to Laguna Beach. So, uh, yeah, so a little bit further west than uh, San or further north than San Diego. But, yeah, we are far apart, but uh, I've got a pretty beautiful view of the water and it's nice and warm and it's the same with you so we're both living life oh it's great here had a good old-fashioned cuban sandwich uh for (laughs) dinner which is the philly cheesesteak of the sunshine state when in rome jack some good stuff when in rome when in rome yeah and it's race country right here so i actually picked up a couple of raised bobbleheads at uh thrift center a couple days ago discount just uh yeah, it was like three dollar uh, Chris Archer Stormtrooper bobblehead and a Kevin Kiermeyer bobblehead of him flying an X-wing. They must have both been from Star Wars Day. Yeah, you never know when that'll come in handy. Well, it'll be perfect for the backdrop of the Jack Vita show. All the bobbleheads behind me when there's video yeah. on these shows. <laughs> That's true. That'll look very good. That'll look very good. <laughs> I look forward to seeing those specific ones. <laughs> well, there's some good ones. The American League East this year is shaping up to be, this is definitely the most interesting division in the American League, for sure, because you're potentially looking at, I think there are three teams that can win the division. There's a situation for three different teams to win the division. The two teams below that, I don't think are particularly good, and I'm sure we'll get into that today, but I think with the Yankees... With Toronto and Tampa, they're gonna have it's gonna be really interesting to watch all three of those teams play this summer. Yeah. No, and as I was preparing for this, I kinda was realizing more and more you have three potential ninety win teams yeah. in this division, which is kinda crazy. Yeah. It's it's a real possibility, but let's get started with some of the teams below them and we'll build some momentum. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have these over/under win totals that we've been using via DraftKings, and I'll get started with the lowest win total that we have here for an over/under. And that, uh, can you guess what team that is, JJ? I think you can. <laughs> I'm sure it's the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> yeah, sixty-four and a half. Two years ago, they won 54 games the last time that we played a full 162. Last year, they weren't actually atrocious, 25 and 35. But uh, yeah, this uh, Baltimore team is uh, coming in at 64 and a half. Yeah. Um, I mean, this team is, uh, they're definitely bad. But (laughs) I think that that they've been getting ripped on a little bit too much because I feel like the whole story on them is they've been rebuilding forever and they've been terrible for so long we're not that far removed from 
you know, the 2015, 16, 17 years were, yeah. I think it started in 2012. They made the playoffs three of five years. You know, they're winning 80 games, 90 games a season. So, you know, that's not too long ago, but they're definitely at the bottom of this division. Really was not that long ago, around 2014, 2015, when you were looking at Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Baltimore, three teams that it had been a long time since they had been relevant and they both have had some really good history in terms of their organizations. They've had success in the past. They had a resurgence around the mid-2010s. And as you mentioned, it, that wasn't too long ago. So by no means is this a bad organization. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's just that right now they're in the middle of a longer rebuild. And I think it'll still yeah. be a couple more years until they're relevant. So... Um, it's unfortunate, but they do have some fun things to watch for, which um, we can definitely start getting into because I don't <laughs> think it's going to be all bad for them this year. Well, what do you like about them this year, JJ? Uh, I mean, I think the main story that everyone's been talking about is Trey Mancini. You know, like yeah. he's up there with Alex Smith and Eric Berry and that, those kind of guys that uh, you think of yeah. coming back from something terrible. Um, for Mancini, it was Jameson Tyon, Chad Bettis. I'll yeah, throw those in there yeah, too. Yeah, well, like big injuries, things that are kind of out of their control. Um, but yeah, Trey Mancini had colon cancer, and he actually just singled in his first game back, which is awesome. So that's a great storyline, and he's their yeah. best player by far. So it's going to be fun to see. You know, he, he's just kind of happy to be alive, and he's going to be out there, the best player. You know, sporting the whole city of Baltimore. So that's it's gonna be a, that's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, and another one. I mean, that's a that's a really good story in itself. I'm glad he's back. And as I mentioned, Chad Bettis and Jamison Tyon both they both beat testicular cancer. I don't know if we've ever had a guy who's had colon cancer in his career uh, come back and play. So that is remarkable. Yeah. No. Uh, hats off to him. So he he's up there with you know some of the who've just come back from from big setbacks. So. Proud of him, no matter how his season goes. Another guy that, I mean, look, again, this isn't going to be a particularly good team this year. It shouldn't. Uh, I'll eat crow if I have to, if I'm dead wrong on that. But I, I just don't think that'll be the case. But Adley Rushman is the number two overall prospect in all of baseball. And he was a top three pick, I believe it was two years ago. He should be playing this year. He's estimated to make his big league debut this year. Yeah. Do you, are they going to be messing with his service time? Are they going to keep him down for, uh, you know, a month or two that it doesn't count as a full season? Do you know what the story is there? Well, we don't have any news on that at March 3rd. We might have more later into camp, but my assumption is that that's pretty much that's going to happen. That's what happens yeah. with all these guys. Jared Kellenich with the Mariners, uh, he's not happy about he'll probably get that uh, case. And this will probably happen with Ali Rushman. And you can't fault these organizations for doing it. It's a smart business move. Uh, but that's definitely something that will probably be fixed in the next CBA. Yeah. No, he's he's supposed to be good. He's going to be a very uh, bright kind of spot. As soon as he comes up, that kind of is a great storyline for, you know, hopefully the whole season, um, but at least a month of just watching this young guy. So that'll, that'll definitely be great. 
JJ, what else is there in terms of news and stories with this team? Because I feel like I'm pretty plugged into Major League Baseball, but to tell the truth, this is a team that I really haven't watched a whole lot over the last couple of years because they're in the American yeah. League. They haven't been a very good team, but they are in your division. So maybe maybe yeah. you got a little bit little bit more here than meets the eye. Maybe you see something that I don't. No, I mean, they, they brought on a couple of vets, you know, King Felix, which is awesome. Everyone <laughs> knows him. So he's just trying to boost his Hall of Fame resume. We pretty awesome. He's I think he's at 169 wins, so pretty close to you know you get to 200. That I can, I think these days is kind of the new like minimum threshold. It used to be 300 is kind of the the gold standard, but pitchers don't really get there anymore. He's also at about 2,500 strikeouts. So if he can get up to 200 wins, 300 strikeouts, um, you know we'll see. He's not going to be getting a lot of wins for this team, but he'll be racking up strikeouts hopefully. Um, so that's, that's going to be really fun to watch him, see if he can kind of have a little career resurgence. Matt Harvey. Oh, yeah, they, they picked up Matt Harvey. Yeah. He's on a minor league deal, yeah, I Yeah, think. they picked him up. Yeah, minor league deal. So he's, like, what I was reading, he was saying that uh, the, the data analytics on the Orioles is the reason that he joined. That sounded a little fishy to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that the Orioles are known for their advanced metrics and um <laughs> at least if they are they're they're using the wrong ones because they're not a good team but um, <laughs> no but well i'm excited to see him so you know if those two guys figure it out then essentially they're just great trade pieces at the deadline to to add some some prospects but that's what this season is about it's about showcasing some some old vets that can you know maybe help a contender at the deadline you know, this team's trying to lose. <laughs> I got one more for you. Ryan Mountcastle, he's another top 100 prospect, a uh, left fielder for this team who he could potentially be starting on opening day. He's a guy that uh, is another one to keep an eye on. That's the one thing I think if you have a team that's not particularly good like this, but you're able to understand what goes into this thing and why they have to go through these rebuilding seasons. I don't call them tanking because they're not trying to actively lose games. That's what people I think misconstrue is it's not tanking. It's rebuilding. They're retooling. They're getting ready for the future. And part of that getting ready for the future is incidentally losing a lot of games, but it's not like with the NFL or the NBA where you might actively try to lose games to get a higher pick. That's not what's going on here. But one of the bright spots to it is that you get these guys coming up in the middle of the season, some young guys to watch, and I think that's always pretty fun and exciting. Yep. Roto Champ has Ryan Mountcastle starting this year, so that's great. Um, but no, you're you're so right. If you can have young guys playing, and then you know some old vets that you're trying to prove that they still have it in them, that's actually a fun team to watch, opposed to just kind of you know old guys that are being paid too much and washed up players. So. Um, It'll, it'll be fun to see which young guys really have it. And, you know, a bunch of these guys could be on a team that in two to three years is a contender. So <laughs> That's very true. So uh, 64 and a half, JJ, what do you think? Over or under? Yeah, I mean, so let's see. Last, last season, they won 54 games two years ago. Yeah. And they slightly improved on that last year, but they probably would have regressed back. I'm going to go under, you know, yeah. these teams that we're going to be talking about coming up, I think are just too, there's too much of a talent gap. So, I mean, I think that 
somewhere between 60 and 64 is probably the right spot. But So I'm going to go significantly under because of what you just said. I think that these top three teams, that's a lot of wins. And I really would not be surprised if you see some pretty low win totals from these bottom two teams, Boston and Baltimore. Baltimore, I could see them being closer to Detroit two years ago that won 47 games. I think that's uh, that's the type of ballpark that we're looking at with this Baltimore Orioles team. And that's okay for them. They don't need to win this year. I mean, they're gearing up for the future, and they have some good stories. But I'm going <laughs> I'm going to say 50 wins for the <laughs> Baltimore Orioles, which would mean they lose 112 games. That is, uh, That would be pretty sad, but I don't think that most of the fans on the team would disagree with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But hey, hey, we'll, we'll give it up for the Orioles. Thanks for playing. We'll see you in a couple of years, guys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next lowest win total uh, over under, and that is the Boston Red Sox. Now, DraftKings is actually a little more favorable towards the Red Sox. Now, maybe you think this is a good number. I would probably. I'll just hinting at this already. I would. I'm gonna go under on this. We'll go deeper on that, but. DraftKings has them at 80 and a half, which keep in mind, these are not win projections. Sometimes you have to come up with a number that's going to be attractive for people to bet on it. That's what they do. They're professionals at this thing. Now, in 2019, they won 84 games. 2020, they went 24 and 36. They had the worst record in the AL East. Chris Sale uh, you're looking at, is Chris Sale even going to pitch this year? You've got, uh, they traded Benintendi. They moved some other guys. This is a rebuilding Boston Red Sox team. Yep. Yeah. No, dead last. They finished behind the Orioles last year, which is pretty pathetic. Um, yeah. And no, I mean, I, I don't think, I guess we're going to get to that at the end, but you know, I, I think that that's probably an appropriate number, uh, that 80 and a half, but yeah, I, I'm hoping to see Chris Sale come back just because it's been a while since he, you know we've had him as you know as Cy Young, one of the aces in the league. But no, they they definitely are hurting right now. Benintendi getting traded was was pretty sad. You know, I, as a Yankees fan, I love having guys to hate, and he was kind of one of their, you know, one of the players that they love. And sadly, <laughs> anyone that they love is someone that I hate. So he was a fun guy to to root against. Um, so, you know, he's been a part of the rivalry for the past four or five years. Um, <laughs> so that is, that is too bad. Um, but another guy that I disliked for a long time, we got to mention quickly, Droya retiring. That was, uh, yes. that, that was sad because he was a guy that made me angry for probably, you know, 10, 12 years, however long he was with the Red Sox, won an MVP. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was just such a, a pesty little guy, kind of like the, <laughs> he's like the Brett Gardner of the Red Sox. Um, oh, he was much better so, than Brett Gardner. Oh, well, he's better. He's better, but yeah. he's, you know, <laughs> just as that kind of annoying, just pesty guy who yeah, yeah. is just out there grinding. So I got to tip my cap him. Heart yeah. and soul of the team. And yeah, I was just saying he'll be missed. <laughs> yeah. And he, it really feels like we've been missing him for a couple of years. I know he hasn't played too much over the last couple of years, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like now the question is, who is the guy of this Red Sox team? Who is the who is the leader of this club? Yeah, 
Is, no, is it, it Chris I mean, Sale? The, the thing is, you, you got to be there and you got to be playing. So, I mean, the, but the, the top of the lineup is stacked. You know, you got Devers, JD, who had a little bit of a down year last year, but he's still incredible. And uh, Bogarts, those, those guys are great. And so, you know, you'd love to see one of them, you know, really step up and be the, the captain. Um, but behind that, it is definitely a lot of question marks. Uh, you don't really know who's going to be playing. Uh, there is this guy, Bobby Dalbeck. Bobby yep. Dahlbeck. I don't know if you heard about him. <laughs> he's a Boston guy, but he's <laughs> he he came up in September and just mashed. So uh, I'm excited to see what that guy can do. Um, it's always fun when you get a young guy coming up hitting a lot of homes. Think of uh, Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, those guys who come up in their in their rookie years and just light it up. So he's got the feeling of that kind of guy. So. Yeah, no, he's a good one, and Jeter Downs is probably, we're probably going to see Jeter Downs sometime this year, which it's just weird for there to be a shortstop on the Red Sox named Jeter. That just doesn't feel right. No, it's wrong. That's what it is. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I hope he does well because his name is Jeter. It's good for the number two brand for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lil, looking up and down at this roster, it's not a bad roster. I mean, you've got Devers, you've got. Kike Hernandez came over to the Red Sox. They've got Dahlbeck. They've got Bogarts. They're going to have Downs come up. They picked up Hunter Renfro. Alex Verdugo, another chip that they got in the Mookie Betts trade. J.D. Martinez, Franchi Cordero. This is a, this is a lineup that's going to score runs. Yeah. No, they, they will be. I really hope that J.D. bounces back because he's such a great villain. You know, and uh, <laughs> he, he just has that villainous look. Um, but no, <laughs> he's such, at a, the, at the he's end such of, a good, likable dude. Though <laughs> he's a villain if dude, you're a Yankees fan. Yeah, he's a no. Oh, maybe it's just that chiseled jawline. He kind of looks like the dude <laughs> in um. Uh, oh, there's a movie I'm forgetting, but you know he he just looks like a villain, man. So <laughs> did you? You didn't listen to the podcast episode that Albert and I did where we simulated a season of Survivor with MLB stars. I'm guessing you haven't caught that one yet. No, I don't think so. Well, JD, I won't spoil it if people want to go and check that out. We ran a season of Survivor with only Major League Baseball stars, and JD Martinez was a representative from Boston Red Sox. Let me tell you something, JJ. JD Martinez, pretty good Survivor player. Okay. Very well. Yeah. Well, that is good to hear. Um, I remember the <laughs> so movie. That, I guess that would go with what you were ta- saying about him. I guess. Yeah, no, I think he would be. It was the movie Divergent. He looks exactly like the villain in that movie, so I just kind of always associated <laughs> him with that. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one, but no, I actually haven't. But it sounds funny. The Red Sox pitching rotation, however, that is the weak spot for sure with this team. Yeah. Their pitching staff as a whole, I, I wouldn't have a whole lot of confidence in it. You're looking at, do you know what, what's the deal with Sale? Where is he at right now? Sale, I mean, the last I heard, uh, mid to mid-late season comeback, that's that's all I've heard. Um, so I, th- I, I think he's on track to be doing that. I don't have any update besides that, though. That's the last thing I heard. Yeah, um, and that's really for the Red Sox. They paid Sale a little earlier than they needed to. They probably could have waited a little longer to extend him. And he would be a lot cheaper right now had they had they waited on that extension. Yeah. 
No, it's uh, it's it's true. It, I feel pretty bad when you sell out that kind of money, and then it's not that a player plays poorly; it's just that they get it. Um, yeah, no, nobody well, wins there. Even worse, you may have been able to keep Mookie Betts if you put yeah. out that extension. Yeah, I hope no Red Sox fans are listening and hear that. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one to put on put on the front office, but it's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> Eduardo, is there anyone in this rotation that you that you have confidence in? Yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez threw uh, 99 miles an hour on his second pitch of spring training. So you know he's he's going to be painting a hundred yeah. this year. Um, uh, he didn't pitch last year because I think he had some kind of COVID complication that ended up turning into yep. something else. So I was pretty sad um, after he had a great year in 2019. So. He'll be, you know, he's got all the potential in the world. Uh, Chris Sale, obviously, the thing is they've got to put together some kind of run to make it there. Nathan Ivaldi, he's uh, also has a ton of potential. Garrett Richards, uh, he came over, and some people are high on him. So, um, but I don't, know, yeah, yeah. I feel like past. Past Rodriguez, you're looking at a lot of guys where it's kind of similar to what we'll talk about with the Yankees and some of these other teams where it's like, I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope that a few of these things work out and these guys can bounce back. Nathan Eovaldi was outstanding three years ago when they won the World Series. And he's another guy that they paid, they rewarded for his efforts. And he hasn't, I mean, he's been injured quite a bit over the last couple of years. He's been broken down. Garrett Richards is another reclamation type pros- project where you can you're hoping you can revert back to what we were seeing of him maybe three or four years ago out in Los Angeles with the Angels. Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta is a guy who struggled mightily in Philadelphia. He was one of those guys that the organization had been very patient with, hoping that he would turn a corner eventually, and he eventually did not uh, end up lasting with that organization. I'll tell you, though, they may, by the end of the season, end up having the best closer in the whole division uh, in Adam Adovino. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was a trade that the Yankees made with the Sox. Um, some cap space, which is sad cause I love that guy. He's really a really good guy, works very hard, loves analytics, um, and just had – it was really the, the second half of last year kind of started falling apart uh, as the Yankees kind of – turned him into just a situational pitcher. Um, so it's pretty sad to watch, but he's a guy, if he gets his confidence back, you know, he could easily take that job of the, uh, you know, the ninth inning guy out in Boston. So I'm rooting for him. Um, and so, yeah, you don't see a lot of Yankees Red Sox trades, but that was definitely one that, um, could, could end up paying off for the Red Sox. Well, that's a, no, I'm glad you brought up Adovino. That's a great pickup for the Red Sox. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how he does. I think he'll do well. Yeah. No, I think so too. He needed a change of scenery. All right. So the Red Sox, as I mentioned, DraftKings is looking at them as an 80 and a half, about 500 team. Um, I, Again, two years ago, 84 and 78. Last year, 24 and 36. What are you thinking, JJ? Over or under 80 and a half? I'm going with just over. They're going to be a 500. Oh. Yep. So you're going 81 and 81? Yep. 81 wins. I think they're probably floating around 72 to 75 wins. I don't think that 
they're going to I, I the pitching just doesn't scare me and that's important they need better pitching they'll score some runs in this lineup and they'll have some guys that'll be interesting but they're probably a, a year or two away from getting back to being a competitive team well we'll see uh i always love when the red sox are competitive makes <laughs> a lot more fun for the yankees red sox game so so i'll say let's say 74 wins for the boston red sox this year hi jack a bit of a gap there so we're uh <laughs> Our thinking is diverging a little bit, but we'll get back on track. It's good stuff. All right. <laughs> we have a treat here for the next team that we're going to talk about. So in the AL West preview, we got a lot of positive reviews. My friend Mario Lanza, who's been on this show a couple times, he's a huge baseball fan. He submitted a voicemail with his outlook for the Seattle Mariners going into this season. And I was thinking... This would be really fun to incorporate more voicemails so I can get a feel for each team, especially because there are certain organizations that, look, JJ's a Yankees fan, and I'm here in the Midwest, and we have Michaela, who's a Rockies fan, and Anthony Franz, who's a Rangers fan. But, I mean, I, I don't know someone who's a fan of every single team, so... Guys, if you would like to, for the upcoming episodes, if you want to submit a preview of your team and keep it under two minutes, PG rated, of course, you can email it to me, jack at jackvita.com, two minute voice memo clip, just an audio clip, and I will play it here on the air. And I'm going to try to get as many of these as I can. I have been in contact with some folks from other teams, but hey, maybe if I if I get two for a team, maybe I'll play two of them and see if they're the same thing. I, I think this crowd participation thing could be pretty fun, JJ. No, I'm excited here. Whatever we have coming up, I, would, uh, <laughs> I wish I had called in ahead of me being on the episode. It would have been fun. <laughs> so I was able to round up a preview of the Toronto Blue Jays. And this is a guy, very good guy, got in touch with him on Facebook over the last few days. His name is Barry Davis, and Barry is one of the co-admins of the largest Toronto Blue Jays Facebook fan group. Barry submitted me this voicemail, JJ, and this is his little two-minute outlook on the Blue Jays. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let it rip, Barry. 2021 may not be the year the Blue Jays win it all. However, we're going to see a major improvement from what we saw last season, mainly because that young core with all the potential is now on the verge of becoming legitimate MLB stars, whether it be Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, you've got Lourdes Goriel. There are a number of great young players, and what I like what they did this year is they added guys like Springer and Simeon, who are not over-the-hill veteran players. These guys are still in the prime of their careers, but they have enough experience that they can help the young core. Now, will guys like that be on this team when they actually are ready to win a World Series? I would say probably not. These guys are more, uh, more or less bridge players to get them to where these younger players on the Blue Jays end up getting to the next level. I didn't even touch on the pitching yet. And I love what the Blue Jays have done this year when it comes to pitching. And of course, you know, Ryu's going to be great as he was last year, but I really want to see Nate Pearson shine this season. Uh, this is a kid who is going to hopefully be the biggest 
star in the Blue Jays rotation since Roy Halladay. So uh, I really look forward to seeing what he can do. And this is the year where I think we'll see a lot of him. So overall, I'd say the Toronto Blue Jays will finish. Well, I think they'll make it the playoffs. And that's maybe a little bit easier to predict now since the playoff format has been expanded. But I do think the Blue Jays are, are going to be right up there in the American League East, you know, there's going to be maybe them and the Yankees. The Yankees, I think, are going to run away with it. But I think you'll see the Blue Jays making a decent run themselves. And the more playoff experience they can get now, the better for this young group of players that are just going to keep getting better and better. What do you think? Wow, Barry sounds like a very reasonable guy. I like him. <laughs> I feel like anyone named Barry is just a good dude. <laughs> no, it's true. That, that was great. I love it because we got, we got some passion in there. But I feel like he was even holding back a little bit. Like, if you got his optimistic uh, voicemail, I feel like it'd be even crazier than that. But no, that sounds very reasonable to me. <laughs> yeah, so a couple things. And great job by Barry. I love that. And I think he's got a good voice for radio. I think he'd be a good guest on this show sometime. Yep. Bring on Barry. Yeah. Yeah, good job, Barry. Uh, thank you, Barry, for submitting that. So a couple things. One to clear up, he did mention the playoff uh, situation this year. So as of right now, and this is on the MLB website, there will be our normal five-in-each-league playoff format. So 10 playoff teams total. The MLB really wants to expand the playoffs, it seems, because on the site it says if there's no agreement between the owners and the players association they have a chance to expand the playoffs before the end of spring training so that is something that could happen at this time however it's looking like we're probably going to see just 10 teams in the playoffs so we're going to operate under that assumption today so uh just clearing that up jj that's first and foremost i was a little curious i thought i had missed some news but um <laughs> i thought i was a little misinformed a uh, couple other things. I, I really like the pickup. So the Blue Jays made some noise this offseason. <laughs> they brought in George Springer. They brought in Marcus Semien. Now, I don't know if I would go to the point where, I, I mean, like you said, Barry's being very realistic. And he was sort of saying that Springer and Semien might not be around by the time that they actually do win the World Series. But Springer's 31. Semien is 30. So these guys are in the prime of their careers. Semyon two years ago got MVP votes. Springer obviously had a, a lot of good success with the Astros and was highly sought after. So I don't think it's crazy that the Blue Jays could potentially win a World Series with these guys. No, I, I totally agree. Bringing in George Springer, he's, he's like a poor man's Mookie, you know? Like what he can what he can bring <laughs> to a team. He's absolutely incredible. Guy who's gotten... MVP votes. Um, I love that he's getting out of Houston. You know, just it's kind of a tough atmosphere down there. Um, I mean, it, it, it's just tough for those guys right now because they're they still have the targets on their back. So he's going to a great team, a team that everyone loves. You know, these Blue Jays because they're so young and they do need that uh, that presence, someone who can kind of lead them. And I definitely think he can be that. Simeon, I I'm a little bit less confident about just because. Uh, yeah, I was I was trying to kind of understand what kind of player he is, and basically he's been pretty average his entire career, besides two years ago when he had you know uh, was it third in MVP voting? I say above average. Above average. Above yeah, average. I mostly looking at just OPS plus. That's kind of my my main 
stat that I look at for at least batting and he's a good defender. So it's, um, so yeah, above average, you know, I don't think he's going to bring anything besides a good veteran presence uh, to this team. But one of the things that I think people may be sleeping on that Barry did touch on is you, all these young guys, you know, Vlad and Boba um, and all the rest of them, they, they're bound to make huge improvements this year. So that's something that I think, you know, they're improving just by getting older. Um, I think I saw Vlad Guerrero Jr. lost 40 pounds. Yeah, he he is looking thin. Translated into something. Yeah, Yeah, I shouldn't say thin. He's looking svelte. Yeah, yeah, 40 (laughs) pounds, 40 dingers. Let's do it, Vlad. Vladdy Jr., I love this young core. It's going to be a very fun team to watch this year. The pitching rotation that he mentioned. So you got Ryu, who was really good last year in his uh, his first year with the Blue Jays. Barry mentioned Nate Pearson. They picked up Robbie Ray last season. They also signed Steven Matz. Now, Matz is a guy that I don't really know what he is. I don't know what you're going to get out of him because he's just been so up and down throughout his whole career, really. Yeah, uh, and they, they did lose Taiwan Walker, right? That's yeah. one thing that is going to hurt a little bit. But, um, no, yeah, Nate Pearson, Robbie Ray. Um, I mean, I think that they've got a good enough rotation where if their offense is elite, you know, that's a team that can make a run to the ALCS for sure. Did they have Kirby Yates on their team last year, JJ? I thought I think he's another guy that they picked up. I don't think that they did. Yeah, <laughs> he they picked him up this year, which is incredible. Yeah. So, you know, they're – he led the MLB in saves in 19, so he's, you know, that's that's an elite. He also had the lowest ERA of any closer that year, too. And that's like... Really? Yeah, he's he should have won the Rolaids reliever that year, two years ago. They gave it to Josh Hader. Kirby Yates was unbelievable two years ago. So maybe the best closer in baseball at this time. There's, there's no argument to be made there. At least he has a chance to show himself as that. Thomas Hatch is another pitcher that I like quite a bit. We saw a little bit of him last year. And the <laughs> the Blue Jays actually royally ripped off the Cubs uh, a couple years ago around the trade deadline. They traded David Phelps, who now they picked up once again. I believe it was David Phelps. Maybe it was a different reliever. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. They traded an ER, a, a guy with like around a 3-8 or a 4 ERA. I think it was David Phelps. I could be wrong. For Thomas Hatch, who was a Cubs like second or third round pick, who was a really good prospect in their system, he came up last year. He was an instant contributor, and I th- he had an ERA under four. That's a royal rip right there. <laughs> Love to hear it. I haven't heard of that guy, but that but that's a great move. Good for them. Tom Hatch last season threw. He it looks like he had only one start, but seventeen games out of the bullpen, two seven three ERA in his rookie year. Down the hatch, baby. That's a fantastic <laughs> stat line for a rookie. Yeah. So I, yeah. I like what they did here. I really like this team. Ross Stripling and Tanner Roark, a couple other guys. Uh, just kind of figure out who maybe your fifth starter could be or what have you. But, yeah, I, I, I'm in on this team. I think I think Barry sold me on the Blue Jays. Yeah. You know, one thing that I could – I think that I could see hurting them a little bit this year. Uh, so – if you remember, and for some people who don't know, who weren't following the AL East, Blue Jays were playing in Buffalo last year. It was so funny when I would watch the yeah. Yankees play them. You could see the highway in the background in this 
stadium in <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty funny. Uh, and right now, uh, they're scheduled to start their regular season in their uh, Florida facility. Yep, Dunedin, so, Florida. Just because of Canada's right to the Canada's COVID restrictions, so that might be you know that might be a little tough. They might be living out of suitcases to start the year. So, um, but it also could be a little character builder. So uh, we'll see. That'll be kind of interesting to watch. You know, JJ, I actually don't think it's such a horrible thing because. I know a lot of these guys don't like having to go through customs every time they travel. Like it's going in and out of Canada and doing it once every couple of weeks. That seems tiring. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm sure it is. It, it could be a positive. Definitely yeah. could be. Um, but it's, it's going to be kind of a curveball. That's, you know, most that's kind of not normal for them to deal with. So who knows? Uh, we'll see. I, I absolutely love the optimism from, other Blue Jays fans, like as I was doing a little bit of reading, I I think that this team, if they are right, you know they can be they can be one of the they could be challenging for the AL East. Um, it just depends on how much these young guys progress. No, I mean there's a situation where this team could win the American League East. Now, I don't have them winning the American League East, and I think they're probably a year away. And if you're I like the two other teams. Uh, Barry didn't mention Tampa Bay Rays. We'll get into them in a short bit. But I'm high on the Rays this year. Obviously, it's hard to go against the Yankees. There's a situation where this, everything comes together and the Blue Jays win the American League East this year, though. Yeah. Well, I think you'd also need things to go wrong for the other two teams, but I could see it. Well, and we'll, we'll talk about why that could be when we get to those teams. Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, Marcus Semien. Vladdy Jr. It's a really fun infield. Yeah, no, it is. They're they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Top team to beat. So <laughs> only finished one game behind the Yankees last year too, um, in the AL East. So they uh, they had a strong season. Thirty two and twenty eight last season. Just a couple years ago, they won sixty seven games in a clear rebuild. They're starting to turn the corner here. They uh, actually DraftKings has them with the second highest win total, at least the over under. They have them above Tampa in this situation. They have them at eighty six and a half. Yep, and I'm going over. I'm at eighty eight wins, and I wouldn't be surprised if they reach ninety. Yeah, that's a good number. I'll go eighty seven. I think that they they hit that over. They're in contention. There's a, also another possibility, JJ, that these three teams that we talk about are all three playoff teams in a five-team playoff format. Yeah. I mean, you could have both wild cards going to the American League East this year. Yeah. Yep. That would I would love that. That would be a lot of fun. I'm excited for this division because, I mean, you have a potentially a three-team race, and that could come down the wire. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, like that uh, NL Central race in, what is it, 2016? Yeah. Um, yeah, Cubs, Cards, and Pirates. That's what it was. Yeah. I mean, it was so fall that because if you're – a fan of any team in that division. It's just these teams that you know really well. And uh, so it definitely, it would be really cool. So I, and I think that that is most likely what's going to happen. So, yeah. So I think Blue Jays probably a year away from the playoffs. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to give up uh, one of my wild card spots here. I probably have them as like the team number three in a two team wild card. I'd, probably going to give my other wild card. Well, one will go in this division. One will go in the American League Central. 
at least I'm going to save it for the American League Central. Maybe we want to preview the Central. I changed my mind, but <laughs> that's you got time. You got time, Jack. Yeah, I got them in third place in this division. Which, you know, honestly, if I put them in the AL West, I might pick them to win the AL West this year. Oh, no, yeah. Good chance for it. So, <laughs> All right, let's move over to a team that DraftKings is not very high on. And a lot of people are not very high on this year. Tampa Bay Rays, 85 and a half from DraftKings. This seems very low to me, JJ. Oh, yes. I, I don't disagree. And it's every single year. Uh, and I've done it, I'm, and I'm I'm putting an end to this. This is the last year that I'm low on the Rays, and you know, and watch them exceed my expectations. So I I'm not buying that number at all. That's terrible. It's uh no, I mean th- this team is they always find a way to win. You know they they know what they're doing. They're they're so cheap, and they just run their players into the ground. But they know how to win. So. Um, yeah, Tampa City of almost champions in the in the Rays case, but um, you know this this city's riding hot off that Super Bowl win. The Lightning won the Stanley Cup too, so yeah, and the Lightning. Yeah. That's right. People are pretty happy they, here down in Tampa. The Rays really blew it. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's true, and they they could they've got you know most of the same pieces coming back. Uh, obviously, they lost some big ones, but they uh, they're a team that you know all those guys came so close. I don't expect them to roll over at all. People don't like them because, number one, they're the Tampa Bay Rays. They don't really have a superstar face-of-the-franchise type player yet. There's a guy that we'll be talking about today, but there's nothing super sexy about them. Last year, they had the 27th or the 28th highest payroll in all of baseball. They're very big into the defensive shift. They do a lot with platooning players they're very analytically driven and based and quite frankly i think this is the best front office in major league baseball yeah no i mean i think that as far as getting the most out of the least they are definitely the best at that um i it's it's definitely interesting how they how they approach it because you know it's not like they don't have money you know like they they could spend more money they just kind of are more focused on being efficient in making their dollars go as far as possible. So um, they're, they're a team that wants to. And part of it, JJ, mm-hmm. is you want to, you want to save money and have money to the side. So when you are able to spend money or you need to spend money, or you want to be able to extend these players, you're able to do that, which is very difficult to do in small markets. Yeah. So if I'm a fan of these, I'd be pretty disappointed with the off season just because, getting so close to a world series championship. I don't think that they improved this year. I think that they got worse. You might have a different view, but uh, we'll see. You know, I'm excited to kind of think through this together with you. Yeah. So they traded Blake Snell and then they declined the option on Charlie Morton. They had a team option. So they lost their two and three starters from last year. And those are guys that you need in the postseason. Now, Without them, I still think they're going to win a lot of games this year. But I want to bring this up about Blake Snell. And we can chat about this a little bit. But Blake Snell, 2018, won the Cy Young, was terrific. 2019, he was not. He had a 4.29 ERA. And here's the thing. The Rays hit and they win 
on it seemingly 100% of their trades. Now, obviously, they don't win on every trade, but they traded Chris Archer at a time when people thought, I remember people writing about, oh, that haul that the the Rays got for Chris Archer was really not a good one. And it ended up being a great trade. They got Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now. I think they, that's their thing. They always sell high on these players. What they got back for Blake Snell, they got the number 19 prospect in all of baseball, Luis Patino, who's probably, he's a pitcher. We're probably going to see him this year. They also picked up Francisco Mejia, another really good young catcher from the Padres. They make a lot of trades with the Padres. I don't necessarily think that it was a bad trade for them. And I know it's more convenient to say, well, the Padres right now are going for it all and they're a sexy pick right now and they're an exciting team. And the Rays made a... Kevin Cash should not have pulled Blake Snell from that game. And I've heard a lot of people say, I'm happy for Blake Snell that he's going to get to go on another team. Uh, be careful what you wish for. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say be careful what you wish for. But I mean, the Rays seem to have a good head on their shoulders. They seem to know what they're doing with these moves a lot of time. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I get that, but like, if you're, if you're a player, if you're Blake Snell, you are so ready to get out of there after that happens, <laughs> um, to be so close to winning. And then your manager makes the wrong decision, you know, as, as yeah. they admitted that that was the wrong choice. And it's, I, I would want to get out of there if that was happening to me. Um, but I mean, you know, I could totally see the trade working out for the Rays in two years, but I don't, it obviously doesn't in the short term. And that's what's frustrating is when you have that opportunity, they're in a window right now, it looks like to, to win. They, they were the best team in the AL last year, you know, as far as results go. Um, and to watch Blake Snell get traded and, you know, not that option on Charlie Morton. It's, it's definitely as a fan, it's very frustrating. And, um, and they replace him, you know, re- replace those guys essentially with Chris Archer, who, you know, he's not been, he's not been beat by any means over the past, you know, <laughs> five years since the beginning of his, or, you know, since his raised days. So well, I wouldn't go back that far, Yeah, but no, I actually, JJ, I actually like the Chris Archer pickup. I think it was, this is maybe this is what happens with Blake Snell in a few years. <laughs> you just you pick up so? the, you, huh. well, no, I, I wouldn't go that far. But with Chris Archer, they maximized on the guy, trade him at the right time. Then they, so they sold high on him. Now they're buying low on him once again. They're bringing him back home on a one-year deal for rather cheap. I like the pickup. I think that Chris Archer could give them something back home in Tampa. And if he doesn't, they have a lot of options. And I think the main thing, JJ, with this team that I'm concerned about is past glass. Now there's no one that I would really trust in a playoff series. That's the big thing for the regular season though. I think they should be okay. I mean, more than okay for that matter. You've got glass now and Ryan Yarbrough. Those are your clearly your two most dependable starters. Then you've got Archer, Michael Waka, Rich Hill, Colin McHugh. You hope that maybe, I mean, at least one of those guys will probably be okay. Maybe two of them. And those are all guys who've had success in their careers. And then they have a, still have a great bullpen. They're, they've, here's some of the guys that they have in terms of young pitchers this year paired with those veterans. If those veterans don't work out, then you get more opportunities for some of these young guys. They have three 
top 100 pitchers that are expected to be contributors this year with Luis Patino, Brendan McKay, and Shane McClanahan. And then you also have Brent Honeywell, who is another, he was a top 50 prospect a year or two ago. There's so much talent on this pitching staff. It's not solidified. There isn't a guy that I really would trust in a postseason series. But with the talent they have, the young talent in their rotation and in their bullpen, this team is going to win a lot of games this year, at least just on the pitching hand alone. Yeah. I mean, and we're also, you know, they've gotten great bats in the offense too. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that they're going to be really good. I don't think that they're going to be as good as last year, but I don't think that they're going to be an 85 win team. That's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> mean <laughs> to put that on. But yeah, I was just going to say my favorite thing from last year with this team is a Rosarena. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watching his postseason, That was incredible like one of the greatest <laughs> postseasons of all time and he wasn't even he's going to be in his rookie season this coming year you know he wasn't even a qualified rookie um breaking the home run record i think he uh broke the rookie hits record might have broken the total hits record not for sure um but he put on a clinic out there and you know when when they ended up losing in the world series he was really you know he was he was the only bat that was really producing, you know, it was, it was pretty incredible. That guy. So I'm super excited to see what his follow-up campaign looks like. Um, he's one of those guys that could end up being one of the faces of baseball. Yeah. And this is a, there's a lot of depth on this team. They love platooning. They love really, they do a lot of stuff. It was so interesting to watch last year. They pinch hit guys in the third or the fourth inning when they saw a matchup that they liked. And it worked for them a lot of the time. Now, I think there needs to be a good balance between analytics and old school, new age stuff and old school stuff. I I don't think you can boil it down to a science and say that there's one way to win. But the Rays have found a lot of ways to win uh, that have been very creative and ahead of the curve. This is a really good team. I mean, they have Willie Adamas is a really good defensive shortstop. He was... A Rosarena and the Damas, I think, were the only two guys that maybe Kiermaier. There were only two guys that started every single postseason game for them last year because they were doing so much with the platoons. Austin Meadows comes back. He didn't do too much last year, but a couple years ago, he was great for them. Manuel Margot, Kevin Kiermaier, Randy Rosarena. And let's not forget the number one prospect in all of baseball, Wander Franco who absolutely demolished a ball at spring training today. He, he clobbered a homer. How far did he send it? I haven't seen this. Uh, like 470, maybe? <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, <laughs> In Florida, too. He's going to be incredible. Um, it, it, I'm not sure what his timeline is, but... You know, probably another service time. He's going to come up. I think he's going to he's going to come up this year. At yeah. least he's expected to. That's that's great. You know, again, it's going to be another one of those dumb service time things. But <laughs> once he's up, it's going to be really really cool to watch. Um, Tutsugo, the guy that picked up last year from Japan. Yep. You know, he had he had a pretty okay season. Probably a little disappointing. I really want him to figure it out because I, I just think his name is great. So. <laughs> um, that's the big reason why I'm high on him. G-Man <laughs> Choi, that guy's a beast. Yankee killer. Yeah. Um, no, th- this team is this team is fun. 
they're uh, they're not as bad as the media is trying to make them out to be. So <laughs> pretty safe over. Pretty safe over. They've also got another top 50 prospect this year. Uh, infielder Vital Bruhan, another guy who's supposed to come up this year. So they have one, two, three, four, five, six, six top 85 prospects that are all expected to play this year. Yeah. And all you need is really you add what they currently have at the major league level, plus one or two of those guys figuring it out and being able to really contribute immediately. And that's, you know, that's a really good team. So I think the Rays are entering into a little window here where it's like in football, the most valuable thing you could have is a quarterback that's really good on a cheap rookie contract. And they have an entire roster of guys on that cheap contract that are very, very good players, at least look like they will be very, very good players. So I think the Rays are entering into a little window here. I know a lot of people are looking at it like they came up short last year. They're set to regress this year. I think the party's just getting going with Tampa. I think this Tampa team is one that you're going to have to be worried about for the next four or five years, JJ. I just would like to see them make some moves with those prospects because, you know, they're, they're prospect hoarding and it, you know, they're trying to turn these players into great players and then trade them. But I'd like to see it the other way around where they kind of go all in for a two year window or something like that. Really um, adding some, some really big names, but yeah, they got a lot of prospect capital and, you know, if, if a few of these guys work out, they could be right back in the World Series. For sure. So I am going to be a very heavy over on the Tampa Bay Rays. I always love Tampa. I picked them to win the division last year. I picked them to win the pennant last year. No one believed me, JJ. I didn't. I did not believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it was only a 60-game season. I'm not picking them to win the pennant this year, but I am picking them to win the AL East once again oh this God. year for a full 162. Oh, uh, well... Are you surprised? <laughs> I mean, I kind of am, but uh, what's, what's, what's your win total at? What are you at? Well, the question is, how many gets it done in the AL East? I don't think... I don't think anyone's hitting a hundred, although I could see them coming close. I'll say let's go with 90, 98 wins for the Tampa Bay Rays. That is, that's high. That's high. <laughs> I just, I can't get there, man. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm at, I'm at 90. That's where I'm at. It's definitely over. I'm at 90. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get to 92. <laughs> okay, so yes, we, we're having some good disagreements here. But yeah, you know, I love the Rays, and I think that they're going to keep it going this year. But yeah, the, the main thing, though, is I don't think I would not have any confidence in them moving anywhere past the American League Series championship series i don't think they get back to the pennant unless they have they they need these the, the key to get back there is they need these pitchers to really step into that morton and snell role i don't think that's going to happen this year yeah and one i do want to make one last comment before we move on uh i gotta tip the cap because and we talked about this in the preview last year the rays have <laughs> 
for a long time just played the little brother to the Yankees and just have never like the Yankees every time just had their number. Uh, yeah. and last year they, the Rays figured it out. So, um, <laughs> and then what I think happened is they got scared. They weren't used to the spotlight. And so they just traded away pieces. And so oh. they, they don't want to be there. They don't want to be there. <laughs> They're not used to it. They don't want to be there. They're asking for the Yankees to take it back. So, <laughs> so two years ago, they won 96 games. The Yankees won 103 that year, but the Yankees pummeled them in every in every single series. And last year, the Rays did end up coming out on top and winning the division. And right. they beat the Yankees pretty handily. Yeah, oh, they they pummeled the Yankees last year. That's what I was saying. Is last year they be you know they got over that you know that little brother um, you know mindset and figured it out. But what I'm saying is the the lights got a little too bright, lost <laughs> in the World Series and. And they're like, that was a little scary. We'll let the Yankees take back their customary role. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, that game five of the ALDS, Yankees and the Rays, in my opinion, the two best teams in the American League last year, that was an awesome game. I know I know, it didn't end awesome for Yankees fans, but that was that was a really good game. It was a good series, too. Oh, it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. And um, I was watching with my cousin Tyrus and you know, it was just insanely on edge the whole game and was very sad when that game ended. And, um, that was, that was a brutal, that was a brutal exit. So, uh, we're hoping to bounce back from that, but it, it was a very good, very good race team and they deserved it. <laughs> well, JJ, why don't you give me your Barry style preview on the Yankees? I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the, the two-minute Barry, that we'll call it. <laughs> uh, Barry's from the bush. All right, so Yankees <laughs> this year. I'm very excited for this team. Um, you know, you they're right in the middle of their championship window. They've, you know, they've been very close for the past, you know, three seasons, uh, and it just hasn't come together. Uh, but, man, I mean, the, the lineup, you know, the, we don't have to – I guess I will just name names. You know, we healthy Aaron Judge <laughs> yeah. right now. Who, when he's healthy, he's a top five player in baseball. Healthy John Carlos Stanton. When he's healthy, he's a top five player in baseball. Um, you know, you got is Luke he Boyd. though? Well, I mean, he won an MVP last time he was healthy. So that's that's, <laughs> right. that's what I That was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, that was last time he was healthy. But the thing is, so <laughs> the other thing with John Carlos is he's only DHing right now. So. Unless yeah. he gets in the field, you, you really can't consider him that. But if he's fully healthy, he's there. He's mashing 45-plus home runs. Um, another slugger, you got Luke Boyd at first base, led the AL, or led the whole MLB in home runs last year, which shortened season, you know, you got to take a little bit away from that. But it was still very impressive. DJ LeMahieu yanks back uh, on, I think, a six-year contract. Uh, which is really exciting. That was the big. I'm glad he. By the way, I'm yeah. gonna chirp in real quick. I'm glad he got paid. I mean, that was ridiculous that no one wanted him a couple years ago. He's a great player. I, I don't. I don't really understand why. I mean, so the deal with the contract is they went a little longer. It's gonna take him to his 38 year year old season, um, and the average annual value I think is 15 million a year. So uh, that's six years, 90 million dollars. Um, a little lower than you'd think per year, but it's a little bit longer because by the end of that, he'll, you know, he'll probably be, 
he'll probably regress quite a bit, but he's, you know, he's a fan favorite. He's just such a professional, um, very solid, led the, led the AL in war per game, uh, led the AL in OPS, OPS plus. So um, I thought he kind of got snubbed at the MVP. Jose Abreu, I think it was just more of a branding thing. So, but you know, that's, that's a conversation for another time. Um, And then, and then they've got great supporting cast behind those stars, you know, Claver Torres is a guy that he's if he can really figure it out this year. Um, he had a disappointing season last year, but had a great playoff run. Yeah, mm-hmm. first year where he was stepping into Didi's role at short. Yeah, so yeah, so we're, we're I'm excited to see what happens there. He's had some defensive problems, so it's kind of going to be. Uh, we're hoping that he can make some improvements to where he's not in negatives. He's just kind of a you know average defender. We'd be very happy with that. Um, Gio Urshela, he's a, he's a question mark as to if he's going to be able to start at the beginning of the year. Um, but he, you know, had a, he's a great plus defender with a plus bat. So he's been a great third baseman. Um, uh, the, the big question marks. So those are, those are the guys that are kind of, I mean, solid ish. And I feel good about judge and Stanton. Um, but the, really the big question marks on this team are everything pitching related and I'll include catcher uh, as far as that goes. So I've, I pulled up some stats, right. Just yeah. On how many innings the Yankees pitchers have pitched over the last two seasons. So behind Garrett Cole, who's been, you know, phenomenal, you know, past two seasons has pitched full seasons. Uh, so 2020 innings, uh, the a full season would have been about 75 innings. I was just checking Cole pitched 73 Shane Bieber pitched, I think 78. So if you're going to go a full season as a, you know, good pitcher, be around 75 in that 60 game season, Jameson Tyone, who they brought on this year, zero innings, Corey Kluber, one inning, Domingo Herman, who bad guy, um, he was suspended <laughs> for last year, uh, pitched zero innings, Jordan Montgomery, who loved the guy, big, tall lefty, uh, pitched over just half a seat. Uh, so he had 44 innings. Severino injured uh, zero innings, and then Davy Garcia, young guy, uh, he made his rookie debut last year, thirty-four innings, so just under half a season. So you're basically at one full season last year out of the six guys behind Garrett Cole. Um, so that is easily the biggest question mark out of I'd say any team in the MLB as far as pitching goes. We have no idea what these guys are going to do. Um, so it's their upside is incredible because, you know, Kluber, Cy Young winner, Jameson Tyone is a, like he at his best, he's a great number two in a rotation. Domingo Herman won 19 games a couple years ago. Jordan Montgomery, his rookie season had the lowest ERA in, in uh, the league out of all rookies. Severino, Cy Young caliber at his best. And Garcia is just like a, fun young prospect so we'll see what he does but no idea what's going to happen with them so if it goes well we're the best team in the al and we're uh challenging for a world series uh if it doesn't go well then yeah the rays could uh could win the division so (laughs) huge huge question well if it doesn't if it if it really doesn't go well there's a chance the yankees could finish third yeah yeah no it's it's true because a few of those guys get injured and then you throw in some injuries on the offense um, that could definitely happen, but and Toronto is ready to compete. Yeah, those three things happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
But I mean, the thing is, at at their best, this that rotation is one of the best in MLB. Um, so, Corey Kluber, big gamble on him. I think they gave him eleven mil. Uh, he hasn't. I think two two years ago, twenty nineteen, he only pitched thirty five innings. So, so that's that's a big question mark. But it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So Joel Sherman, a uh, really good baseball writer. Joel Sherman wrote a piece a couple weeks ago, and he called Garrett Cole the most indispensable player in baseball. What do you think about that? I actually, I actually agree with him. Uh, I mean, it, so is he kind of implying that he's really important to the Yankees? Is that, or is it just as in? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the essentially the question is: Is there a player that's more important to their team sure. right now? Than Garrett Cole, and you're not going to say like a team like Mike Trout because with Mike Trout, the Angels probably aren't even a playoff right. team. Whereas uh, you got to look at who are your competitive teams. You got your like ten teams that are legitimate World Series contenders. Garrett Cole, if he were to miss two or three months, the Yankees' rotation would be in shambles. Yeah, no, it, I mean I think that's a great point, and they don't even have a. So they've got a pitching coach right now, Matt Blake, uh, young guy. He's all about the analytics, but he doesn't really have any control over this rotation right now. So Garrett Cole is kind of, he's kind of the pitching coach right now, basically. Um, <laughs> wow. And he's he's the only consistent guy, like we were just talking about. We got a combined one season from six pitch last year. Um, he's the only one that's healthy, and he is a you know bona fide star ace. And so if he's down. You know, that's the only thing that we're going to be able to count on every five days. So, and he, and wow. as it is, you know, one of the 10 teams you're saying that's actually competing. And out of, you know, while I don't know all the other contenders as well, this is such a glaring, you know, weakness in the Yankees' uh, roster is pitching dependability. So, Garrett Cole is the only thing that, you know, we know what we're getting there. So I think that is, that's an astute observation from Joel Shermer. <laughs> Sherman. <laughs> Sherman. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Good job, Joel. <laughs> uh, hopefully you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, Probably not. He's too big, uh, too big to be listening to this show at this time, but maybe in a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> hey, you, you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket, Jack. <laughs> the thing is, JJ, with this rotation, so you have Garrett Cole already talked about how important he is. Then you've got these all these other guys where you say, well, if everything goes right, and so if Domingo Herman comes back to what he was before his suspension, if Jordan Montgomery uh, lives up to the promise that he showed before he got injured, if Jameson Tyon can be the prospect that we all were hoping that he would be before he got testicular cancer. I mean, he was a Cantonist prospect. If Corey Kluber can return to his Cy Young form, really one of the best pitchers of the last decade, if all these things can happen, things are going to go extremely well for the Yankees. Well, realistically, out of those four, you're probably only going to land one or two in terms of getting your hopes up. I think a lot of times when you have to talk yourself into something, it doesn't it doesn't come together the way that Yankees fans might want it to. Yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right. And I would add to those kind of coin flips, Severino coming back mid season, yeah, and Davy Garcia being the really young guy. 
I think yeah. realistically we can expect two of those players to to end up being you know solid uh, solid pitchers that can pitch in the postseason. So two for six, I think that's a pretty fair thing. If we we would take three, obviously, and then your four and your five or uh, just your five are going to be guys that you're kind of piecing together from prospects, maybe making a trade. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a good, a decent to good rotation just because there's so many coin flips, but no, you can't, you can't count all those guys at their full potential. Yeah. So I think they're really going to need, I mean, ideally you'd love to get Kluber in the postseason healthy that's one of those guys where you look at Verlander or maybe you look at a guy like maybe John Lester, some of these these grizzly veterans, John Lackey, guys like that. You just get them to the postseason, they can deliver for you to a certain degree. Cole Hamels, another yeah. one. If you can get Kluber there, he's a good guy to have. Uh, that's an if. That's a big if, though. Let's say you get Kluber, you got Cole, and then one of those other guys can be a guy, and you need another pitcher come postseason. Now, I I do think that that'll be a big-time key, is they're probably the thing that they've had, J.J., over the last few years, they have had a guy the top of the rotation. Last year it was Cole, where they get the contribution out of that number one guy, and they don't really get it past him with the two, three, four guys. That's really been their detriment that I've noticed in the postseason. Yep. No, it's uh, it's very true. And they, I mean, also interestingly, like in a lot of these postseason losses, it's kind of been their hitting failing. Where you were thinking going into the series, their pitching was gonna just kind of crumble, but it was actually the offense that let down the uh, the pitching because because you've also had Masahiro Tanaka who. His postseason career for the Yankees yep. was was absolutely incredible, um, and but but then the offense just won't support him. So it's uh it's and it's kind of because of the the Yankees' offenses, so you know yeah. hit or miss literally because they're they bought completely into yeah. that home run, <laughs> walk or bust uh, yep. kind of mentality. So um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, I I don't have a special feeling about this team, but I know that if things go right, which it's kind of nobody knows what's going to happen with these pitchers. If things go right, this team is going to be uh, the best team in the AL, but things have to go right. Yeah. The the thing is, is I don't think the floor is very low for them. They have a high floor. So even if things work against them, they have some injuries like they've had over the last couple of years they should still win a lot of games i just think they're probably going to need a trade for one maybe two pitchers the guy that might be good for them if they need a number three or number four guy zach davies with the cubs i think zach davies is really going to show this year that he's an underrated pitcher uh i'll talk more about him in my cubs preview but he's probably going to the cubs are probably going to be sellers at the deadline i think he'd be a good guy that you could slide in this rotation to start game three or game four of the al's championship series yeah yeah i I hope that we don't need to but i (laughs) i think that that's pretty realistic expectation to expect a trade um but yeah so i mean it it is an exciting team that they probably will need a trade there's definitely some interesting um stuff that's going on with the rest of the team we've got clint uh they announced that he's gonna be starting 
Finally, uh, in the it's about time, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, but <laughs> and, and we we're bringing back Brett Gardner too, so it's kind of perfect because Brett. Yeah, Brett was solid last year. He was kind of backing up uh, and filling in, and Clint Frazier actually started for most of the year, but then toward the end of the year, he kind of lost his starting job to to Brett. Um, so Brett Gardner, he's kind of just going to be the old man on the team. I actually listened to he was on. R2C2, which is, I don't know if you've listened to that before, but it's CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco. They got a little podcast. <laughs> um, and so Brett was talking all about, you know, just being the old man because for the longest time, he was just the small, fast guy who was the young guy, you know, Peter and Posada and those guys. And now he's just this old, bald man who is, you know, frustrated with technology. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that's exciting. Uh, and yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. It's you know, we'll, we'll see we'll see if they can stay healthy. You like the bullpen still? Uh, losing Adebino is a little sad, but uh, we brought on. So I mean, Chad Green when he's right is one of the best, like non-clear in baseball. Uh, same with Zach Britton. Zach Britton has been one of the most underrated uh, bullpen guys for the past three years. Um, Chapman obviously is great. Yep. I don't know how much I'd, he's just given up a lot of uh, highlight reel home runs for other teams, which <laughs> um, disappointing. Outside of that, uh, Darren O'Day is a guy that we brought in who he's been good. Uh, Justin Wilson, another guy. So, you know, it's hopefully those two guys are adequate. And then uh, we, we got a guy, Luis Sessa, who the Yankees have believed in for a long time. Uh, and we'll see what he can be. He's kind of like a, you know, two, three inning guy. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good bullpen with potential to be great, but also potential to just be good. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. I like it. No, it's a, I mean, they're a good team. Uh, you mentioned the Eraldis Chapman, the Eraldis Chapman highlight reel of home runs. It's, it's kind of funny. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you could go with Rajay Davis in 2016. You've got Altuve in 2019, and then you've got Mike Brousseau from 2020. Yeah. All like postseason, two were walk offs. Well, no, no, that Brousseau wasn't a walk off. No, that was the eighth inning. Yeah, that was the eighth inning. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then Altuve's was a walk off with an asterisk next to it, and then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then Rajay Davis had the big one. But no, they're, the Yankees, I'm not overly concerned about them while I like the Rays more than I like the Yankees. And again, I do think that this is this is a big year, I think, for Aaron Boone. Do you think this is an important year for Aaron Boone? Who, by the way, we had some Aaron Boone news today. Yeah, um, I guess we'll address that first. He just had surgery. I think he had a pacemaker put in, but it went well. So he's he's doing great starting to recover. I think he should be back yep. for the start of the year. Awesome. Um, I, I've never been high on Boone because I love Girardi and you and I have talked about this, both the Girardi fans, but <laughs> um, the, like they love him so much. I don't think he's like, I've, I've not really heard any rumblings of him being on the hot seat. So I don't think that he would be. That's good. Um, so I think that he's, uh, he should be fine. So the team has done well. It's just that you got to win a world series. Um, but no, it's it's fair to ask for sure. Even if the Yankees finish third in this division, and oh, I, I think let's yeah. say they finish third. I think definitely. 
circumstance. Okay. I just don't think that that is, is even a possibility. That's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> and dude, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying it super loud cause we'll probably get a bunch of injuries, but if this team isn't injured, they're better than the Dodgers. Oh, if all of the, if everything goes well, their lineup and their pitching staff is better than the Dodgers. But that's the thing is there's too many question marks. So if that happens, I'll, I'll gladly sit back and you know, I knew that the potential was there. And I think every Yankees fan would say that, but you know, it's not realistic to expect that. So. Well, I do think it's a possibility that they could finish third, but I would say that if they were in any other division aside from maybe the NL East, but I think just in this hypothetical where the Rays don't, let's say the Rays don't miss a beat without Snell this year. And let's say the Blue Jays lift off into a legitimate contender I do think that there that is not out of the realm of possibility for the Yankees. Now, it's not my projection for the Yankees. I have them as the second best team. I have them getting the first wild card spot. And DraftKings has them at 95 and a half. I will go over. Two years ago, they won 103 games. Uh, 95 and a half. I, I understand that there are two other really good teams in this division. I think they're going to win more than 95 and a half. I have them at 96 wins, so just over, I guess. And then the Rays at 98. So down to the wire, exciting AL East chase. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't as if one of those two teams was, was really gunning for it. I just don't see both of them and the Yankees, like all those injuries just playing the wrong way. It's just too much would have to happen. Um, I, I, I was going to go with about 97, uh, for the Yankees. So, um, I think that that'll, yeah, that 97 feels right to me. I don't, and I mean, if health goes their way, they'll, they'll break a hundred for sure. But I, I don't expect this rotation to be anything better than good. <laughs> well, you know what I do think, JJ, I think that this American league, this AL is for the taking. I think that you look around across the league and are probably the next episode that people will be hearing will probably be the American League Central. We'll be talking about the American League Central, but there are a lot of questions about all of these teams. You can look at the White Sox and the Twins. Either of those teams have won a playoff series in a very long time. You could talk about Oakland and Houston, both lost some pieces out west. Then you got these teams that we we highlighted the flaws of every team in this division. So I think that the American League is very open right now. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I I don't really know who I expect to win the AL West. I mean, probably just the Astros again. The White Sox. I think the White Sox will have a pretty unimpeded run at the AL Central, um, with maybe a little noise from the Twins. Uh, and then it's going to be the Yankees with either the Rays or the Blue Jays come. So, um, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it's, there's a few good teams at the top and then a lot of bad teams in the AL right now. Yeah, I, I just think there's no one that you look at and you say that, oh, they're unbeatable. and they're cl- I don't think there's a clear favor in the American League this year. No. And the White Sox fans are trying to make it seem like that's them right now. Like they, they still got another season until they're that. They're going to be good. 
<laughs> I'll save my thoughts on the White Sox for the American League Central preview, which will probably be the next preview that y'all hear. It depends on which one we end up recording next. We still got American League Central, National League East, National League Central. Tell you who's coming on for the AL Central, JJ. You ready for this? Who is it? A White Sox employee and player development, Zach Jones. Oh, that's, he's, uh, yeah, he's <laughs> the man. Hooks you up with tickets, right? That's, uh, that'll be pretty great. All the time, all the time. Zach's a great dude. He's been on this show a couple times. Haven't had him on in close to a year since he and I talked about Happy Gilmore. So be great to have him back. Yeah, CHA alum right there. So, <laughs> the brotherhood, love to hear it. Yeah, that'll be a great episode excited for that all right jj we have to wrap up so before i let you go if you want to make a world series pick you can throw out your world series pick and add anything else you'd like to while you're here yep world series pick uh gotta go with the yankees over the dodgers this year i don't think the dodgers are going to repeat and i think that the Yankees are the best team in the al so um and i feel i feel pretty good about that so they're a couple things have to go right for the Yankees, but if they do, they're going to waltz right through the AL. <laughs> so that, that's that's my pick there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, excited to lay down my credit card and make the MLB TV purchase. So <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be good for me to distract me uh, throughout all hours of the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited for the full season. Uh, I'm going to try to catch some good some good games uh, out in. Phoenix watching the Diamondbacks lose to whoever's in town. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, and yeah, keep doing great work with the show, Jack. Absolutely loving it. Thanks. And yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you for the support. Thanks for coming on. I'm sure you'll be checking in with us sometime this season. It's the best time of year right now. So enjoy all of the sports. Thanks for coming by, JJ. Have a good one, Jack. Well, folks, that does it for my conversation with Jonathan Jaggard previewing the American League East. We still got three more of these coming up, AL East, NL Central, NL East. Those will be out once, one each week over the next three weeks. Should be a lot of fun. We're halfway home now with these previews. We've also got a lot coming up from college basketball the time you're listening to this we're only a few days away from selection sunday when we find out who's playing who in march madness tune in to our live stream at 7 30 central time and that will be on facebook twitter and youtube facebook.com slash jack vita show my twitter is at jack vita show and youtube.com slash jack vita It's going to be a lot of fun. You're not going to want to miss out, and we will be recapping every round of the tournament. All right, folks, I'm going to let you go for now. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoy the rest of what we have coming up on the show. Subscribe to the Jack Vita Show. Leave that five-star rating and review. And until I talk to you next time, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.